Hey, Magic fans, this is Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV and NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast. Now it's over to Geraint, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to the Christmas special of the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast, podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. Uh, we're recording Friday the 23rd of December and in this episode we're going to be talking about the winning streak and getting in some early talk about the upcoming trade season and what we can uh, potentially look at seeing happening. So as always, I'm joined by uh, my good friends, Mikey Clark. How you doing, mate? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could tell what you've been watching, young man. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> bit of elf. <laughs> a bit of elf. Scott, you've got to start at home alone with Christmas, Christmas movies, Absolutely. haven't you? Yeah, but it's yeah. got to be done. It's got to be done. And G, Grant Jones, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. Uh, we, we, know that you're, we know that you're smiling and celebrating as a certain <laughs> piece of news. Oh, no, I'm not, not bothered about the football anymore. It's all about the magic, mate. <laughs> We've won seven of eight, and we beat the Boston Celtics twice. So I just can't wait to get into it. Anytime we beat Boston uh, and wipe that smirk off Rich Barrett's face, it's uh, <laughs> it's always a good time. Yeah, but you've also got a little bit of a trip book now, haven't you, mate? I have, yes. Um, and I will be. That's why what, you've not stopped smiling for a week now. Yeah, there's that to come as well. So, yeah, I'll be um, traveling to, to O-Town in January, uh, catching four games. So that's the Pelicans, the Celtics, the Pacers, and then the Chicago Bulls. So uh, hope to get four more Ws to add Excellent. to the uh, the ones you got for us earlier in the season. Absolutely. And rounding out tonight's group, Gary, how are you doing, my friend? Always good, mate. Good to have you back. It's nice to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, one with a gig and one uh, with genuinely not feeling like it. Uh, as quite openly I said, um, I was having a bit of a time mentally about uh, the loss of my mum. But we're back and we're smiling again. So it's all good. It's all good. The biggest but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just getting. I'm getting. I'm, I feel like I should be sat in a uh, shopping mall with uh, a red suit on asking kids what they want for Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully DBS checked, so I, I am safe. <laughs> That's two of us then. <laughs> right, let's get into this. So it's uh, we'll start as we do sometimes with the affiliate plug. So uh, you can skip on thirty seconds if you want to. Both the seasons, uh, city and statement jersey are available in the NBA EU store uh, and are shipping now. Certain of us have uh, received them. Mikey, you're still waiting, aren't you, mate? Yes, I am. Come on, Fanatics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the players available on the website include Paolo Banquero, Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Or like, like myself, you can customise the jersey to personalise it or you can choose one of the other squad members to have it personal, uh, have it made to, so be it Wendell Carter Jr. or Bol Bol. Uh, use our affiliate code MAGICUK10 and you'll get 10% off your total order, but certain exclusions may apply. And also, if you could help uh, the podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK, uh, be very much appreciated. So let's get into the talk. Um, we've se- as, as, as you've just said, Garant, we've seen an amazing run of games. We've uh, had seven wins in eight played, 
And the loss that we had was by a single point on the second night of a back-to-back. Absolute heartbreaker. So I'm going to start with a question that comes from that loss in Atlanta, um, because I think there's huge positives to be had from that game. How much value, Mikey, is there in the um, mistake that Paolo as a rookie made at the end of the game? Um, you know, against Atlanta, it cost us the game. Obviously, we know that. How much value is there in him doing something like that? Um, there's a lot of experience for, to take from that. I don't think we'll see him in that position again. He certainly won't foul him next time. Um, that that's the first thing that goes through your head on a play like that is just don't foul them. <laughs> try try and make the shot as difficult as you can. But look, he's a rookie. He's still he's still uh, learning his trade. He's still. He's still growing, especially on the defensive end. Um, but there are lots of positives. There was a, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a tweet by Coast to Coast NBA on Twitter. I think it was on Wednesday before the Houston Rockets game. And Paolo's tied first, along with Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets, as one of the best isolation mm. defenders um, based on points per possession. Um, and, we, and we've seen him guard multiple players this season and, he has he has the old possession. You're like, this guy's going to be a good defender, and it wasn't something yeah. that a lot of people said about him coming out of out of Duke and and before he got into the NBA draft. So, um, yeah, it it was a really disappointing end to what was a great comeback because with less than three minutes Absolutely. to go, you're thinking the game's done and dusted. They go on a thirteen to no run, and uh, yeah, that, like you said, we're three seconds away and, um, and one foul away from going eight and zero. Oh which is pretty anybody, crazy. Was anybody else out the seat cheering that we'd won? Like me? Yes. <laughs> I just saw the ball yeah. hit, the, hit the side and I'd completely missed that whistle. Um, I was up, up cheering. Uh, yeah. Shattered, yes, we expletive won. Um, as my missus looks at me and went, not the result I saw. <laughs> I was <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you guys felt the same. I felt... Probably a little bit more frustrated the fact that he put the ball on the floor when he caught the inbounds pass for the final shot of the game, which gave him even less time to get yeah. a good shot off. Um, but hey, it is what it is. I I, I, I said to you, G, didn't I, that uh, as far as I was concerned, him owning that mistake, you saw how annoyed he was with himself yeah. for getting drawn into that foul. Um, and I wonder if, if, if in part it came from the back and forth that there was during the summer between the two. That he wanted to make that spectacular defensive play against the guy who'd been giving him so much. Mm. I just wonder if that had got in his head a bit. Um, and But I think for a rookie to walk off owning his mistake and um, so clearly being annoyed at it, um, I just think that's a huge positive. You learn from your mistakes. So I've got no problem with it at all. Absolutely not. Now, let's talk about the, uh, the win in Houston. Because um, I think in that game, the coach made some decisions that really uh, influenced that comeback um, from 15 points down. Two were the ex- two um, that he made. One was the extended use of the bench, um, which he's done quite a few times recently. And also, unusually, switching to that zonal defence. That really, really changed the dynamic of for us on the defensive aid. And throwing that we've been starting, the decision he's made to be starting Mo Wagner, which has been a revelation. So, gee, how well do you feel that the that the coach is doing in his second season? How do you, how do you feel he's developing? 
Yeah. Um, so just to pick up on your points about the zone defence and that second half turnaround, obviously the first half we didn't play very well at all. Yeah. I've been quite critical of the zone defence. Um, Likewise. But I, su- but I suppose that was when we didn't have a, a healthy roster. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting players back now. People know their rotations a little bit better. Um, you know, it actually worked against the Rockets uh, and that was good to see. Cause it's always good to, you know, throw something that the the offense hasn't seen before just to keep them on their toes. So so that was good. Um Mo Wagner as well. He's been an absolute revelation. Um I know Wendell's supposed to, to be back tonight, but you kind of feel a bit bad um for Mo because Mo's been playing an absolute blinder and he's fast becoming uh, a fan favorite. Um so then you move on to the coach as, as you've just asked. Um you just got to look at it this way in that you know we've had a slow start but um we picked up our 12th win so we're 12 and 21 last year it was february the 2nd we won the 12th game where we sat at 12 and 41 uh with a win over the paces i believe i think that might have been markel's first game back maybe not um so we're 20 games ahead of where we were last year so it all comes down really to you know Getting healthy bodies, we say this every week, and you know I'll put another pound into the into the little money box. But it, it is what it is, isn't it? We're getting healthy now. Um, he's developed Franz Wagner absolutely perfectly. Who's become, you know, we don't know who the, who who Batman or Robin is with regard to Franz and Paolo. So so that's a very good problem to have. Players are playing really well. We've got some statement wins now under our belt, especially with those last two in Boston, uh, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a little bit. Um, you know, going to a hostile atmosphere like that uh, and grinding out two wins uh, was superb. So it's all about getting healthy. Um, but Coach Mosey, you couldn't ask any more from him for me. Uh, he's doing a superb job. He's mixing things up. He's playing the rotations. But I wouldn't like to be the moment now that you've got Gary Harris and Wendell knocking on the door and soon to be Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs because some people are going to be left outside in the cold um, I'm afraid yeah we'll pick up on the Boston game Um, let's talk about the first one the Al Horford ejection anybody arguing with that (laughs) no (laughs) I can't see I, I can't see where the controversy has been about it. You know, I mean, you've got Jason Tatum saying um, that if pushing somebody like that is, that it's just natural contact, now behave. Um, yes. I understand that they didn't play the replay in the, in the arena though. I was just about to say that. So what the Celtics are saying is that Wagner had his knee in the back of the leg of Horford and hence he was shifting his body position. And that's what the foul on Wagner was. But yeah, like you said, they didn't play the replay with 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 a dirty elbow. Um, so of course, you know they're going to be up in arms. It's it's part of their fabric, really, isn't it? So uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, come on, then we let's have. How are you feeling about a uh, certain former Boston Celtic player? Gee, go on. Go which one's which one? Which one's that? I think. I think somebody's had a had a little bit of something to say um about us not being oh. the best team around. Oh, that clown. Um <laughs> Eddie House. Oh my god. Where'd you start with him? Mr. I got two point eight points per game to get his ring and then he gets his um 
jersey and his championship ring out of the uh, out of the box, almost like he's going to put it on Facebook Marketplace. Um, it's laughable, isn't it? You know, you lose to a team, you tip your hat to them, you move on, you do that, and then you're not going to have any scrutiny. But the way he's handled it, it's not been good. Um, and to do it twice, you know, um, you're just leaving yourself open to. to uh, you know, to trolls and, you know, people just getting at you. And he really riled the Magic team. And it was good to see, you know, our players respond and retweet that um, that gif of uh, Ray Ralston putting him in his place. So, um, yeah, yeah, for me, you know, just be quiet, move on. Um, he, he says they're the best team in, in the East. Then if you are, you, do, you trust your guys and you just move on. Um, but, yeah, I've got no time for him myself. Do you think, um, Gary, do you think the response from Magic fans has been unreasonable? Do you think Boston fans would have uh, took that slight of uh, their team? I think any fan on the chin and been quiet. I don't. I think any fan base would have reacted that way to somebody with, even though even though it's it's not a high high profile, anyone with. reasonable level of profile taking a swipe it's going to attract attention and I, I, I agree with what G said and I've got to be honest when I saw he posted his, his photograph of his jersey in the ring I actually looked at it it was like that is the worst Mitchell and Ness throwback advert I've ever seen in my life <laughs> <laughs> come and get your Eddie House championship jerseys and all that you know what like I would respect anybody who does something where they're in the top 300 and something of their profession at that time. It's like fair, fair play. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're really throwing your toys out the pram because you've seen a team that's got some good players up and coming handle your team in your arena. That That's what you're upset about, that there's a team rolled into there. And let's be honest, not a fully healthy Orlando Magic team have rolled in. There's a stigma attached because of the record. And a bunch of kids, really, largely, have just handled, apparently, the best team in the Eastern Conference. Twice. Um, yeah. But the, the, the second time, they're going to say, well, Tatum was out. And it's like, fair enough. We had our guys out, but fair play. But back-to-back in your arena yeah. with a bunch of injuries, and you've been handled by a very, very young team. And to be honest, made it look quite easy. And that's what, yeah. that's what he's upset about. I don't know about you guys, but you, I was expecting to win on Sunday when I knew Tatum was out. I messaged Mike and I said, do you know what? I really fancy us tonight. And, you know, even with a 2-11 and 11 record, I think it was on the road, I was expecting a win. And he didn't disappoint. Uh, well, Mike and I had met up on Sunday and uh, I think when, in that conversation whilst we were eating, we'd, we'd said, yeah, feeling confident about that tonight. Feel good about it. There's a... Uh, the pressure's all on them again to get a win. We're not expected to do anything. Um, and I, I feel like you say, Gary. I think we handled it and we looked. It looked quite easy. Yeah. Do you know the Do you know the thing that made it that, that made it worse was the second comment, the the Friday comment. There was some truth in what he said. What when he overstepped the mark is when he called us garbage. And he's just basically pure. He's looked at our record and gone, well, they're just rubbish. They're one of the worst couple of teams in the league because they've only won eight or nine games or whatever it was up to that point. And 
and you guys know I've I've put my feelings on Twitter <laughs> over that comment on our account as well. And I said that's just fuel to the fire for Sunday's game. Mm. And clearly it was. And then it was great to see Bamba, Foltz, Wendell all tweet that oh. that was Gza Cole as well. And then and then to have the reaction that he did after that, doubling down on what he said on Friday. You're like, mate, you're just making yourself look like a really bad loser in this game, a really sore loser. Um, I, I also thought it made him look quite, yeah, I going to say the same thing, yeah. Petty. And for somebody who's supposed to be an analyst, um, he's not the only person that's done this this week. I know Wally Zerbiak's been called out this week for doing the same thing on the net, on the Knicks uh, network for a game this week about Tyrese Halliburton. He had a similar sort of comment about him. And, Matt uh, Barnes, wasn't Matt, it? Yeah, Barnesy come out love and uh, love ripped into him. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. We had the last yeah, laugh. I, I, I genuinely thought it showed a lack of, as an analyst, it showed a lack of knowledge. And it was also showed a lack of professionalism because if you would never have seen anybody associated to the, the Magic commentary team or the analysts that are associated to Orlando coming out with such um, an ignorant comment, it just shows a genuine lack of professionalism, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the bench because it has been an absolute <coughs> revelation recently. Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Kevon Harris and Admiral Schofield have all had such positive impacts on games recently. So, Gary, what are you seeing from this group? Um, you're seeing hustle for starters, and I think you saw it in the Houston game, really, where they were sensational um, going into the fourth quarter in creating the foundation for the victory for the Magic. Um, I think the player who deserves a lot of attention, positivity from that, is uh, Admiral Schofield. Um, yeah. Watching this, I've got the Admiral jersey up behind me. But uh, in his last three games, bench contributions, you, you get the usual hustle, you get the usual fight, you get the usual, like, you know, like dog attitude from him. But seven points, three rebounds against Houston, nine against Atlanta with seven rebounds and 13 and four in the second Boston game. Like, that's, that's pretty good bench contribution on top of all the effort you get. And then I think um, Mo Bamba, to be honest, since he came back into the team, has looked as you know when he got that did not play. I think Bamba's upped his game quite a bit and he's kind of seeming to embrace the role and looks more energetic than he had. Um David Steele summed up Harris by saying he just plays winning basketball when he's on the court. He's you know he's contributing towards winning basketball. And then um looking at the five games with Cole, um three of those you've getting typical Cole performances where Houston, for example, 15, six assists, four rebounds. You know, that's your typical Cole Anthony output in not that many minutes. And he made the comment at the end, which I still agree with, that he sees himself as a starter in the league. And I agree with that. But I would also say that um, we now therefore have a starter in the league leading our bench unit. Yeah. And that means yeah. we're not getting the drop-off. You know, like <laughs> our guard rotation, despite that would be flagged up as the area where we want improvement. But, you know, we've got Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris. It's not a bad guard rotation when everybody's fit. Not at Cole, all. And Cole said that on the uh, walk-off interview, didn't he? I'm a starter, but I'm playing this role. Playing, you know, starter kind of... He, he wants to play starter minutes, but he's, he's not quite. But he's obviously, you know, filling that role very well for us. 
Mm. I, I didn't realise that. Um, it's. It, I think it was uh, Josh Cohen had wrote the other day about Mo Bamba. It's going a bit under the radar, certainly. Um, but he's close to having a 50-40 season where he's uh, shooting 50% overall. And, th- and it was when he wrote this, it was 39.1% from the three-point range. That's that's pretty decent production to be having. Um, and his percentage, he, he, the, the players that are above him at the time were Al Horford, Miles Turner and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he's, he's, he's from the bench. He is he's really responded, like you say, Gary. To that, did not play. Um, it's, you've got to applaud the man and uh, Admiral. Well, he's just been unafraid to sacrifice his body, hasn't he? He's been diving about all over the place, and the number of charges that he's been taking. Jeez, um, and I think that he, he looked. And the same goes for for Harris, Kayvon Harris, and both saw themselves playing into into the very dying minutes of a game. Um I can't remember which one it was now. Was it second Boston one? I can't remember it was the second Boston game or the Atlanta one that this they were the playing. Game. Yeah. Because right Harris the had that because Harris uh didn't he get the rebound f- on the play that led to Foltz's bucket? I can't remember. Was, there was a there was certainly a play down the stretch of Harris got involved. But yeah, like you said, Paul, they've both been outstanding. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so as the, at the end of the week, it sees us sitting at uh, a record of twelve and twenty-one, which is tied with Washington uh, for twelfth, thirteenth in the East, and that sees us twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth across the whole of the NBA. Um, we're not going to get into the lottery odds, and uh, but Chicago's pick is looking rather good at the minute as well. Uh, thankfully, but that's a discussion for another time. So. We've got an improved offensive rating. We're now 25th in the league on that. An improved defensive rating. We've moved up to 21st. Um, averaging 109.6 points, which is still surprising. I thought it'd be higher. It's only 27th in the league. Um, but that's got to be trending up as well. Paolo is averaging 21.9 points per game, which is 24th in the league. And Franz, 19.8, which is 40th. So, all-star voting's open. Don't forget to vote for the guys. Who can you make an argument for in uh, playing in the All-Star game from our squad? So, uh, gee, go on, you go first, mate. Right. So, I've been looking into this. The issue is Bancaro and Wagner are main guys and noted as forwards. Now, they sit in the Eastern Conference, as we know, which also has Giannis, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and Kevin Durant. So, never heard of any of it. Well, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, they're very good players. So, um, I feel like they're going to get a lot of votes from other th- other fans. So, um, I can't see us getting them in with the fan vote this year. Um, but obviously, you've got you know other forwards um, who are probably knocking on the door. You know, Jimmy Butler, Kristaps Porzingis, um, Pascal Siakam. But I mean, what, what Paolo? I mean, Paolo and France have been fantastic. Paolo's obviously the you know the better one in terms of stats, um, as you've mentioned, Paul. Twenty, nearly twenty-two point seven rebounds, four assists. Yeah. Uh, a little bit better than Wagner, but of course Wagner's been playing a lot more, a uh, bit more ball handling. 
so you'd like to see them both there. But I was having a little bit of a, a deep dive, as our dear friend David Steele does. And the last time a rookie got to the... Is this anything now, right, guys? Um, uh, the last time a rookie got into the All-Star game was 2011, and that was Blake Griffin. Before that, it was Yao Ming, 2002. And then the three before that was Tim Duncan, Grant Hill, and Shaquille O'Neal. So They're not bad names, are they? Not bad names, are they? Um, and then I, I went even further down the rabbit hole, oh my looking God. at these, looking at these numbers. And um, so, obviously, you've mentioned Bancaro's numbers, which are better than these two. Kevin Durant averaged twenty point three yep. points, four point four rebounds, and LeBron twenty point nine points and five and a half rebounds. Neither made the All Star game in their first year. Of course, they've gone on to make multiple All-Stars um, after that. So I guess it depends on how the coaches see it. But sitting at 12 and 21, um, unless we make it a bit of a push now before February, then we may not get them in this year. But obviously, you know, it's looking promising for them to, to get in, um, you know, in the near future. So I'd like to see them get in, but maybe in the next year or so. They're definitely both going to be there. Both going to be Some in the uh, All Star because they're going to, well this this week this time round with the Rising Star game they're going to definitely they have to be involved in that. You can't ignore either of those for that. But uh, so okay, let's take a slightly different twist on this. If Paolo doesn't make it to the All Star game with the figures that you've just said, is there somehow a lack of? love and press attention being given to him that seems to be already jumping to uh, the number one prospect of next year. Mikey, do you feel that he should be getting more attention? Oh yeah, 100%. Like like G said about the stats comparing him to LeBron and KD in, in their rookie seasons. And I don't think you mentioned it, G, but if you look at his splits compared to theirs, his field goal percentage and three-point percentage, he's he's actually got an edge on those two as well. So hopefully that's just a a snippet into what we've got to come from Paolo. Um, yeah, and, and I, I just think it's part of playing in a small market. I think if we were close to fi- closer to 500 or in and around that play and playoff tournament, then he might be getting a bit more buzz. Um, but what, there's, there's not a lot else you can do, really, is there? Yeah, um, it's the same argument with Rams, isn't it? For it's exactly. constantly being nominated as player Eastern Conference Player of the Week, but. We, he's not getting that um, accolade, ultimately. Um, so, let's move on. According to Jake Fisher, the Magic will be active in the trade market when it opens. So, this is where this is where we're going. With where the team are at this moment, bear in mind we've just had this seven out of eight wins. If there is, what what do you want to see the team do and add? if anything. Um, and who do you think could be on the trade block from our squad to facilitate that sort of move? So, Gary, go with you first, mate. I, th- I think the players who are on the trade block, Paul, I think RJ Hampton's on the trade block. Yeah. yeah. I think everything that's gone on there and the move to Lakeland and like losing these minutes to Harris and such, I think, I don't think RJ will be here. I think there'll be a, a pick issue. Um Aside from that, 
I think the story to really watch is what happens with Mo Bamba because Wendell's coming back. For me, you keep uh, Mo Wagner in the starting lineup and make Wendell earn his way back in, which is yep. a, I know it's a controversial comment, but I'm all about the meritocracy. So I think that that's your two senders. So I think if a if an offer came for Mo Bamba that was deemed acceptable, I think he's a player who could go. In terms of who we're targeting, I'm not really targeting anybody because I'm just seeing who we've got in the squad. Because yeah. we've got to figure out the rotation minutes when you're adding Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris to this to this rotation right now. So for who would come in, re- realistically, there's not anybody who's standing out to me. It's more a case of what we've already got and how they fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't buy into the the trade talk that's floating around. I know like there's talk about Zach Levine being available from Chicago. I don't think what we'd have to give up to get him would be something where I would be like, I want that. And then the same for Trey Young. What are we laughing at, boys? Yeah. Well, we both took a drink at the same time. We <laughs> always oh, again. Synchroni- oh, yeah, you synchronised performance. Yeah, I, caught out, yeah. I caught out the corner of my eye there. So. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, it's what is it that you would like to see improved by the team? Not necessarily who are you target, who would you be targeting then? But what if we were doing going to go and actually do something? What is it you would like to see the team genuinely target? And it, but that's why I say, is there anything at this moment? Because three point shooting's improved, the ball handling's improved, the assists are going up. It, it would it would have to be where somebody came up who would put us over the top without giving yeah. up. Because I'm like, no way do you give up um, Bankero or Wagner. They, they aren't on the table. So it's then, is there somebody who then fits in to what the Magic are doing? Probably a guard to fit alongside them without giving that up. So it would have to be some type of package, really, like the one that netted uh, Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, where a load of players, without being a star, get moved to facilitate that but I just don't think that player is available who fits us right now like Trey Young's a, an awesome talent but you've got to think what is what are the stories that are coming out of Atlanta and how is that going to fit in Orlando if we were to then pull the trigger on something like that it's not just about how good the player is it's how much the player fits with the man yeah. oh yeah and I you know right. we we know what the due diligence is that's done on players that come into Orlando and it's not just about talent. I, I saw somebody the other day say it on Twitter, the other thing was yesterday, or let a franchise like a broken franchise like the Magic throw the throw the bag at Atlanta. And I'm like, this is this is not the Hennigan era anymore. That's gone. You know, like the deal will come that is right for us. And I don't think the deal is there right now where we cash our chips. Yeah. Each of those. So that's that's my convoluted answer at Christmas, Paul. <laughs> Mikey, what about for yourself? Is there any um, is there any anything that you want to see improved, first of all? Is there anything I want to see improved? Um I'm gonna be honest, no at the moment. I I think until we see everybody healthy and actually get a good stretch of games where we see what this actually looks like, because to me right now and I've been putting this out on Twitter today as well, but I think Gary Harris comes back. That two guard position for me at the moment is is the one 
hole you could look at or the one questionable position at the moment that's starting yeah. to guard position and I think Gary Harris can, can quite easily fit that role and, and what's Gary 27 28 so he, he's he's a he's a he's still young himself um he's one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league we saw that last year um and I think he can easily fit that role and add a bit more balance to the starting unit um and G alluded to it earlier on. Jamal Mosley's got a real headache coming up shortly because yeah. the the rotations could be really interesting. I'm going to be slightly controversial to what Gary said earlier about Mo Wagner should start. No way Wendell shouldn't start. I actually think, and, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but we saw this a few games back and I can't remember which one, but we saw Kevon Harris start at the two-guard position back I don't know it was one of the Boston games I can't remember and it was almost like they didn't want to mess around with the rotation so they brought say one of the players off the end of the bench into that starting unit to try and keep some continuity with the rest of the lineup and I and I do feel that, that maybe Wendell will slide back into the starting five tonight and Mo might actually be the third string off the bench or we might see Mo and Mo come off the bench together I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that either, especially whilst we're still waiting for a few players to come back. Um, but pulling it back to what you think we can improve on, um, I, I really don't know in terms of what what are we going to be able to get? Because it's not just about this season. It's about... Because any move you make now is going to have implications in the long run. So it's all right trying to chase a play in playing position or maybe try and get into the playoffs for a valuable uh, experience of Paolo Franz and so on. But that's going to have a knock-on effect on, on cap space and, and and who you're going to have on the roster next year. So uh, to be honest, I'd, I'm I'm more tempted about standing pat this, this trade deadline as things stand and just playing it out um, because this summer we've got the opportunity to create a lot of cap space and I mentioned in our Twitter group earlier, one name I thought of maybe for that two-guard position is somebody like Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies, who's a free agent mm -hmm. this year. I think somebody like him, maybe a smaller move at the moment, might be somebody you could target um, and wait for that bigger fish to come along. I don't think Trey Young's that player. I don't want him near Paolo Franz. Um, I, I just don't think he's got the right kind of attitude that we want around young players like that at the moment. Um, but... And I also said this, Donovan Mitchell come along a year too early. I think if Donovan Mitchell appeared this summer, now we know what we have, I think it would look very different. But I think we've got to wait for that bigger fish to come along and and maybe stand pat and just play out play it out as it is at the moment. Gee, I'm going to come to you on this uh, as well, mate, So I do want to hear your opinion. Of yeah. those people that we've had linked with us, you know, it's been Fred Van Vliet, there's Trey Young... Um, I can't think who else there is. Is there any of those guys that you're sort of looking and thinking, yeah, I'd like to see them come to Orlando? Um, honestly, no. Um, main reason really is um, you look at, you know, dynasties. Um, you go back to, you know, the 90s Bulls, the Spurs in the late 90s, uh, the Warriors in the late noughties, uh, a little bit of the Bucks now. Um, although they've only won, you know, one. Um, but they've done it organically. They they haven't 
traded, you know, the the, the shop just for one player t- to bring, you know, bring everything home. Um, so I'd like us to do it properly. And, and I think, you know, Weltman's made it quite clear that, you know, we're not going to skip any steps in this rebuild. Um, so I wouldn't want to do that because, you know, if you were going to go for someone like Trey Young um, or Fred Van Fleet, then they're going to want the earth for them. Um, so you'd be, you know, depleting your roster of your assets. And um, I think we've got a pretty good team. Um, and like we said, and I'll put another pound in the, in the little pot, when we're injury-free, we'll know what we've got. Mikey's alluded to it a second ago. So and, until we know what we've got, I don't think there's point making any moves. So having these players, you know, your, your Terrence Rosses, your Mo Bambas, your RJ Hamptons, Whilst some of them might be on, on on the outside, sort of looking in, we don't know what the injury situations are going to be like. They may be needed. Um, Mobamba's been playing fantastically well since the yeah. DNP yeah. we've mentioned. So, and you know, if Wendell starts or, or, or Mo Wagner starts, it'd be good to have the option of either or as the backup because they bring different things. You know, Wagner's a banger, whereas Mo can spread the. I mean, they both shoot the three very well, but. You know, I, I like what Mo does with the trailing three. So, um, no, I, I just keep it as it is for now. And then, you know, as things hot up by trade deadline um, and teams get a bit more desperate then, and they might be willing to, to give us more. But I can't think of any player that would come in now and fit fit us well. So I'd rather do it organically. We've got two picks coming up in, in this year's draft. Uh, hopefully, you know, touch wood that the Bulls pick uh, lands as well. And they could be in the, you know, 6 to 15 range. So that it's not bad, is it? You know, teams are really looking for picks. So you could trade them away. Or we could go for, for, for the, you know, for the Grand Slam. But like what Mikey said, Mitchell was, someone like Mitchell was probably the person, but it came a year too soon. But the likes of, you know, Zach Levine, you know, you listen to what the Bulls are saying. They're saying he wants to go to LA. And, you know, he, he's a bit of a ball hog, and not for me. I'd rather do it organically. I don't see uh, that now. Levine is is a good fit to us. We, I think, that side of the court we've, we're sorted. I don't think we need to play about with. If <laughs> for me, if it's anything that we we're going to improve on, it's, it's still as has been said earlier, that two-guard position, if we're looking at anything. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that... I know that we, we all we all acknowledge that Trey Young is a superb basketball player. We all acknowledge that... If Fred Van Vliet, you know I'm, I'm a fan of him. I, I really like Van Vliet. Um, but do we need to throw a bag of money at somebody at this point in time to get them there are going to be players come available at a later point and that's not saying that any of them couldn't improve the team but at this moment in time I don't think we need to be throwing money at anybody um, and as has already been said I would rather see as not offer up multiple players that we don't need to do um, because Let's be fair, we haven't had a single game this season where there's been less than three players out injured. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been more it's been considerably more than that 
on most occasions and they've been important players in every single game. We haven't had that that point so where we've been 14 players healthy. Let's let's ignore JI for the moment. Um we haven't had that point where we've had 13 14 players fully fit and available. So like you guys, I would rather see what we still have have and get a good run of that. What we're seeing now we are getting fitter and healthier is a much improved team. Um so I'm I'm happy to stick rather than twist at this point. Do, do you know what, Paul? Just, when, just, go on. I, go just on, pick, I just wanted to mention something that I thought... One, one really good example is what of what G said just now about letting this grow organically. And I think... And everyone talks about the Warriors, how they built through the draft. But a really... A current team that's that's done exactly the same thing is the Memphis Grizzlies. They're one of the best yeah. teams in the Western Conference. They drafted Jar. They drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, and and even now, like they, they've picked Santi Aldama, Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, and then they've added players around in and around that with Stephen Adams. Uh, they've got Danny Green. You've got some really good veterans in and around that young team and you're just giving them a bit of stability to to let their games grow and grow together and I think that's a really good example of the way we want to be looking at this and approaching this as well because yeah it's the same sort of thing I think Gary Harris is somebody you keep hold of and I think if you can add one or two more veterans maybe in the summer there's no reason to take a massive home run because we've already got two studs in Paolo and Franz haven't we so yeah, and if we, you look at we, we mentioned, go on, go on, G. Okay. No, go on. And if you look at recent years as well, um, like the Timberwolves last year, how many picks did they trade for Ruby, Rudy Gobert? They've literally mortgaged their future for this player. And you look how Minnesota are doing now. What they what ninth in the West? They might get into you know the playoffs eventually. You look at Brooklyn all those years ago. They, you know, traded a lot of uh, pieces to go for KD, Harden and Kyrie. And, you know, Harden since been moved. Kyrie's a bit of a troublemaker from what we, we read in the media. Um, I, I, you know, they've lost all their assets. So I like what our, our front office is doing in that we've kept our assets. We've got multiple additional in the Denver and the Chicago pick. So it just gives us a bit more flexibility. We're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, coming back to what... Um names are always being bandied about as being on the trade block from us. You look at Terence Ross, okay, but he uh, he has been incredibly streaky. He's either hot or he's cold from three points uh, range at the moment. But what he does do whenever he's on is he commands attention of the defence. Mm. And that then spreads the floor for other opportunities for team for, uh, for the team. So there is, there is, it's not all, anybody who looks just at the box score and doesn't look uh, what that player's presence does is not understanding basketball. And it's, you know, we haven't seen, what's Gary Harris played this season? Six games at most? I think it's five, mm-hmm. six games. Mm-hmm. But when he's on, he's he's probably the team's best three-point shooter. So they're the two names that are constantly banded about. And I'm not convinced that it's a a great move to move them on yet. Paul, would, yes. you say, would you say, though, you mentioned Terence Ross there, and when you look back, like the last time we were in the playoffs, Terence Ross was integral because he was our sixth man and he was the guy yeah. who came in and, let's be honest, bailed us out and fired us into the playoffs. Some could argue. Oh, yeah. 
But if you look at the team now and you see everybody coming back healthy and you think, well, are we going to get Isaac? Are we going to get Harris? Are we going to get Jalen Suggs? And then you look at that bench unit and you think, well, Terence Ross has gone from sixth man, no disrespect to him, to maybe 10th man, mm-hmm. where our depth would be. And that's not a bad position to be in because Terence Ross is still a good NBA player who will come in and on certain nights take a game away from an opposition team by either his shooting or commanding. But like what, what he's playing with talent-wise now, if he's commanding that space and you look at the bench and you think, okay, well, who's coming off with him? Well, are they going to have to pay attention to more Wagner or more Bamba or will it be Ball Ball? Will it be Cole Anthony? You know, you don't know. But all of a sudden, that that second unit isn't just all built around get T. Ross the ball and let him have his... Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's a, quite a testament to how the rebuild's gone if you use T. Ross as the consistent marker as to where his position is, what's happened with the talent around Yes, that's, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So, Oh, you just mentioned the playoffs there. You just mentioned <laughs> the playoffs. Is an appearance in the playoffs still a realist? Is, is it still realistic this season for Orlando? It is now after that winning streak. Because you, you, yeah, I, I honestly thought when we had the episode, which was like the therapy episode a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> where, <laughs> you know, like where we were kind of all like just about on the floor and such. I looked at it then and I was like. You're looking at the team's got in like going a huge winning streak, and then that's what we've done. So you look at like what's around from say six through to the bottom of the east, and we become the form team. And I'll say it again: if 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 a team can go into Boston and win back to back games mm-hmm. and handle the Raptors, and you know what, I think if we had an extra day, I think we'd have beaten Atlanta. I think if we'd had an extra day, we'd have beaten Atlanta. We look decent, not at full strength. So you've got to say what's coming back depth-wise, as long as they can manage the rotations and the minutes and we get no more injuries. Orlando all of a sudden looks like a, a bit of a prospect here because I know we said earlier in the episode about Bancaro and media retention, it is happening. It is low-key happening. It's not happening like we'd want it to happen. But it is happening, and it's good. There's going to be an argument at some point this season if this keeps up, where people are going to say is Paolo Banquero the best rookie out the last three drafts, um, and people might think that's crazy. But when you look at it, Scotty Barnes was rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham, you know, if there was a redraft out those drafts now, would Paolo be the best player based on that? And then you look at it, and you're then starting to put his name in with what Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards. That's pretty prestigious company to be in if you're Paolo Banquero. So it will come. If Orlando keep winning games, people's going to say, what's the turnaround? And the outside view will be, it's Paolo Banquero, even though we know there's more to it. That will be the outside view. And yeah, I think the future is pretty bright. So, yes. G, playoffs this season? Is it still yeah, possible? I'm sticking with my uh, prediction at the beginning of the season. Ninth. Uh, I don't think it's... Um, too optimistic. Um, just look at the next six games. I, I think they're key. San Antonio tonight at home. Uh, that team that were yellow after Christmas at Detroit, Washington at home, OKC at home, and then at home to Memphis. If we can win five, you know, five five of those, then we get you know closer to that um, 
to how many we've lost. And then we've got a, a critical stretch where we go on the West Coast road trip where we face the Golden State Warriors, who are going to be without Steph Curry, I believe, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Utah, and at Denver. If you can win maybe two of those, you know, float near the 500 mark, you know, two and three, then we're going to be in good stead before my uh, little trip out there. Um, so you, I was looking at the strength of schedule and ours has improved greatly over the last couple of weeks. If I can find my piece of paper, ours is now the 19th easiest schedule. And you look at the likes of the Bulls, they've got the 27th, the Pistons 30th, the Hawks 18th, the Wizards 17th. So, um, you know, we're in the mix, and that's what we want. Um, Markel calling the game against the uh, Rockets a must-win game. I like that a lot because it's showing focus that they know, you know, it starts now. It's not in a month's time. They need to start winning now and get us into position. So, uh, no, absolutely. Play in for sure. Mikey, four yeah. games back of Miami and seven. Can we do it? Yeah, Absolutely. Thing is, we've just got on off our arguably our hardest stretch this part of the schedule. Um, I mean, you look at the teams that we've played since what the beginning of December. We've had the Hawks, the Cavs, the Raptors three times, the Bucks, Clippers. Uh, we've had the Celtics twice on the road. Uh, I mean, that's, that was a hard stretch of games. There, <laughs> we've yep. won seven out of the last eight. Um, and as G said, we've got a very favourable. Uh, schedule coming up between now and, and really the middle of January before that that West Coast road trip. Um, yeah, I mean, I said we'd finish 10th at the start of the season. I'm still going to stick with that. It didn't feel like it a few weeks ago before this winning streak began. Um, but tonight we've got Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris returning. We've, we're only down to Jalen Suggs, Tuma, OKK and, and Jonathan Isaac to return. And, and Yep. J.I.'s JI's practicing with the Magic. He's he's practicing with Lakeland when Orlando aren't in town. Um, So it feels like his return's getting even closer as well. Um, Yeah, I I just... You you think we've won seven out of the last eight and we're still not healthy. We haven't been all season. And I don't know. If if we can get... If we can get near... If we can get a couple of games off 500 before we get to the All-Star break... I think we can feel really, really good about ourselves in that going into the last what third of the season. Um, yeah, I, I see no reason at all why we can't finish in the playing because I don't think the Wizards are better than us. I don't think the Bulls are better than us. Um, who else are we chasing? And then you got one of the Raptors who aren't doing very well. The Hawks are a bit up and down. I, I think the Pacers have sort of come back down to earth a little bit. Um, so, yeah, why well, we were all predicting them to be really poor, weren't we? Yeah, they've surprised everybody. I think the Pacers, to be quite honest. Um, but you, you can't not see. I mean, there's talk of the Raptors blowing blowing it up, or or certainly selling off one or two players like Van Fleet, or I think if Sia- I think if somebody come in with a really big offer for Siakam, I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the move. So, do you know what I mean? there's a lot that can happen between now and, and February's trade deadline. So I genuinely expected to see more from Toronto than we have this season. Yeah. I've been really absolutely. surprised by them. Yeah. So as, we, as we've already said, um, you know, the, 
the game's coming up. We're, we're recording this um, Friday night, the uh, 23rd December. The next recording we're planning on is Friday the 30th of December. Um, as we've already said, been mentioning the games. We've got the Spurs, Lakers, and then we travel to Detroit in that period. As has been said, all are genuinely winnable games. I mean, you can. It's hard to argue why we couldn't go three and zero this week in this week in this upcoming period. Spurs ten and twenty one on the season. They've won five and nine on the road. Lakers thirteen and eight this season. Uh, five of eleven. Sorry, five and eleven on the road. And uh, Detroit eight and twenty six. And they're four and twelve at home, and we have an identical record on the road as Detroit. So, boys, confident this week, G? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, especially the, the Spurs are on a back-to-back as well. I think they lost to yeah. I want to say the Pelicans maybe last. Was it Pelicans? They lost to somebody last night, um, and then obviously the biggest game of the year for me beat the Lakers. That'd be nice, and we should beat Detroit. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, it should be three and oh. Should be the operative word. And you were right there. Spurs lost to the Pelicans last night. 117-126. Um, I mean, you, Mikey, you've already said that uh, with us having Wendell back, uh, Gary Harris coming back, it leaves us with just the three players. Does that give you even an increased confidence on, on, on these three games? It does, yeah. And... Um... And then you're playing the Spurs, who are second to worst team in the league, or, or certainly one of the bottom teams. Uh, that's definitely winnable. You got the Lakers, who are without Anthony Davis, who's out injured, and there's a lot of uncertainty around his injury. I mean, they're only 13 and 18. Yep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? G said they're the biggest game of the season. Not anymore. <laughs> they used to be. I, I think. I think we've just coming off some of our biggest games against Boston. Um, I think they're a much bigger outfit than the Lakers are. Um, and the Pistons are out without Kay Cunningham. And they've only, and I think they've won two out of their last 10 games. The Pistons, they've lost four on the trot. So, yeah. Uh, th- and, uh, there's there's probably going to be a little bit of a period. And we know Wendell and Gary are both going to be on a minute's restriction, certainly for tonight and, and probably for the next few games as well. But And there's probably a bedding in period where we're going to have to get used to people playing together again but you sh- despite all of that you, I think if we don't go at least two and one this week I think we'd be all really really disappointed Gary how's the week look for you are you you've obviously already said that you would you would have Mo Wagner start um, mm-hmm. and let Wendell earn his starting position is that a little bit of a concern Concern for you that we're changing up potentially changing up the starting lineup coming into it's these always, games. It's always a concern when you you're playing well that some some dynamic changes and it could knock us. But then I look at that and I think, well, there's nothing for us to fear. Yeah, those three teams. So it's yeah. it's kind of like the way we're playing right now. It's a well, why why wouldn't we look to go three and zero? Nice no period for them to actually be coming back and be able to play the way back in. Mm-hmm. There's no nice there's set no, of games. There's no reason. There is absolutely no reason. There's none of those teams where you look at them and go, oh, there's players to fear. But as a team, you, you would look at it and go, well, you would, we should win. <laughs> if it's on paper, we should win at the minute. So, yeah, 
aim for three and oh as Mikey said if it ends up two and one so be it but aim for three and oh as far as I'm concerned yeah yeah I mean we've we all we know that Jonathan Isaac is practicing with uh, Lakeland and playing practicing with ourselves uh, we know that Tuma KK is um, has undergone arthroscopic surgery this week uh, he's expected to be out for at least a month and Jalen we don't have any timetable for his return he's been out since what now November the 25th um, but I, I I do agree with you boys that there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking at 3-0 and and it's nice to have two players like Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris coming back into this lineup to uh, hopefully fire us to those three wins to celebrate uh, the, the Christmas period. So, everybody, as always, thank you for listening and watching. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Orlando Magic UK, and leave us your comments. Those actually... Helping us with the YouTube channel is probably the biggest thing you can do to support us and we would really appreciate it. Continue to follow us or start following us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. And from Gary, Garan, Mikey and myself, we want, we want to say have a really Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and uh, we wish you and your families a festive season full of magic. And until next time, go magic.